Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, man, I put a little bit of eggnog in my hot cocoa before we started recording, and it is delightful. Uh, we're rec- it's a little bit early for, uh, for brandy and the eggnog, so I decided to flip the script a little bit on the, uh, the eggnog prep. But uh, I'm, I'm yes. delightful, and so we're starting out delightful, and we're moving into a topic that might be a little bit... Eh. Well, we're, we're going to be talking about... Um tough topics to talk with about with kids, um, which is tough. Um, but I think it's what's beautiful about it is the, um, the honesty and the open communication we develop between the children and trusted adults around them, and some of the insights um, that are just immeasurable that kids come up with during really tough times. So if there's something that's going on in life, whether it's the news or in your community or your family that that's hard you know somebody has cancer or somebody's this or somebody's that um it's okay to talk to your kids about really tough topics and in fact you may find that this opens doors you never thought of so let's dive right in oh this sounds delightful um i i got a story uh back in our our center days um Oh, this I haven't talked. Um, uh, we one of my staff members, um, wonderful woman, uh, her son in the middle of the night um, killed some people um, in the community with with a hammer, and the police were looking for him. And so we spent a day with our child care program and community center program, two different buildings about a mile away from each other, pretty much on lockdown with police watching but not noticeably so, just in case the dude showed up to see his mom because there were some things going on on there. And it was a real tough time with all the kids and because, I mean, we had to, staff, staff obviously stressed, um, parents who, who knew the situation coming in out of the building obviously stressed and then stressed when they, they found out about it. And, and so it was a real dance to know how and how much and what to talk to the kids about as far as understanding the situation, because they, they knew all of their caregivers were, were on edge. I mean, kids are really good at picking that up. And so for the school-agers who are listening to the radio and hearing what's going on on the news and all this kind of stuff, there, there was a, a different level of conversation than the toddlers who just noticed this, this distress in their adults. And it was a, it was a hard, awkward uh, 48 hours that we went through with that. Mm-hmm. 
And what did you find worked well? We found what worked well was simplicity and honesty. I mean, as the directness, um, being as, as direct and open and honest as you could be for the developmental le- label, level of the kids. I mean, for the for the little ones, for the nonverbal ones, it meant caregivers uh, kind of rotating out of the class a little bit more frequently just so they could go catch their breath and being as tuned in as possible and, and to try to keep from upsetting the emotional apple cart as much as possible. For the preschoolers, it kind of meant giving them a little bit of information, but... I mean, this is 20 years ago, um, so I don't I don't remember exact language, but I mean, it was it was mostly, uh, hey, there's there's something going on here, and and I mean, you can't you can't tell a three year old, hey, a a guy with a bloody hammer might walk in the door. That I mean, that's a conversation we we didn't want to or didn't have, but it was more kind of like we were trying to keep everybody safe, and we need to. We need to not be out of the playground today and those those kind of things. And then with the school-agers who, who oh my God, Heather, I'm about ready to start crying. Um, I had kids in my program who went to school with, with kids who were were killed. We we just had conversations about about what they knew and and what we needed to worry about and what maybe we didn't need to worry about and and those those kind of things and and the feeling of loss and and uh, not easy not easy yeah well, i hadn't planned on talking I, about any of this when we decided to do this huh okay well i mean this is this is i think this bring your story brings up so much because life bites sometimes and mm-hmm. it bites even when kids are very young, and we wish it didn't, and we'd like to protect them from it all. Um, and yet something will enter life that's big and bad and ugly in some way, maybe when they're quite young, and we have to cope and show them how caring people cope with something horrible. So we, we can't always just say, oh, you know, life's just yay and have some more candy and everything's all happy. Life is complicated and sometimes it really hurts. And sometimes it hurts extremely innocent people like the children you were mentioning. So I think the, the things that these older kids, the ones that are old enough to ask questions and be aware of what's going on a bit, um, fall back on that standard, which is if she's old enough to ask, She's old enough to get an honest answer. Mm-hmm. And I brought that up mostly in my book, um, It's Okay Not to Share, talking about the section about sex ed and talking about honest answers with that. But that same phrase, if she's old enough to ask, she's old enough to get an honest answer, is true with all tough topics, um, including talking about death and grief and loss and and um, scary people in the news and whatever else may be coming to your family and, and in, the, in the national news or in the community. It's mostly the most relevant when, when something's happening right in your town or in your school, um, and that brings it, it's sort of abstract even for adults when it's happening in the national news, yeah. national news. But when it's happening right in your community and things do, um, it, you know, we're scared. We, we're scared for our kids' safety, mm-hmm. and we're also scared for their loss of innocence. 
but children want answers. They want honesty, and they want the adults around them. As you say, they've got their radar up. They want to have some assurance that the people around them know what's going on and can take care of them and can listen to their questions and feelings. So things will come out of the children's hearts at this point that, that may amaze you. Uh, so, Heather, how do we find uh, there's there's a line here between giving them an honest answer and weighting them down with more information than they need or can handle? Yes, it's, and it's going to be different, not just for different ages, but for different temperaments. You uh-huh. know, some kids, they don't want to know much. Or maybe if you talk to them, they really will just block it out because they either don't want to or can't handle that. But they're pretty good at filtering us out Yeah, <laughs> they don't want to hear us. Um, so I wouldn't worry about that. I think one important thing for adults is to stay very simple, very short, say one or two sentences or explaining a situation, and then wait. And they may have questions, they may be done, and you can check in with them, say, um, do you want to know more? Or do you, is that all you want to know? Or what? Just check in with them. And if they want to keep going, keep going with them. But if they're done and they want to go, you know, look at the gerbils in the cage instead, mm-hmm. go let them go off and, and do the next thing because um, capacity can reach full pretty fast with, with big, heavy topics. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we need to be aware that often whatever the situation is, is going to be be replicated in some form or another in the children's play. Because oh, one, yeah. one thing about play is play is a safe haven for playing, for toying with these new ideas and com- concepts and experiences, because it's away from the from the real world in, in in the play universe. And so, you know, when this happened at the center for for weeks afterwards, we had some really gruesome play going on in our our preschool rooms, but but also with the school agers. Um, because it's all part of the process of trying to work through the 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 thing that happened, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And in, in our um, school community recently, a, a child's parent went missing, and it was front page of the newspaper every day. <sighs> and no, nobody was really talking about it except all the kids at recess. You know, mm-hmm. they're all of course spreading misinformation and rumors and just their fears and worries, but, um, and so some of us suggested that the the adults, the teachers, the principal need to just say something and acknowledge that this big elephant in the school exists, and and they don't know any answers, but just to acknowledge it and to have it come from the trusted sources, the trusted adults, in this case, the teachers of the school. Uh So they they did. They talked to the kids. because the rumors had been flying, and, and several days later they found that this um, parent had drowned. So then there's the next step of what, so now you've had some honest, difficult conversation, then what do you do? You can show the helping. You can show what you do to take care of people. Um, and as you say, it comes out in play um, as kids become um, 
able to read and write, it comes out in their stories. Yeah. My son, um, we had lit a candle every night when the, the, the parent was missing, um, you know, to show that, that um, tangibly that this family was in our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so I was, uh, I saw that in his spelling list, he had to write a story for all his spelling words, incorporating all the words. And in his spelling story comes out that somebody goes missing in a snowdrift and they light a candle yeah. <laughs> for her. So it, it comes out because kids are processing. It'll come out in various ways. It'll come out in their play. It'll come out in their conversations. It'll come out in their stories. And that's all healthy, and it just means they're thinking through it in the way that they can process it best. Yeah, and, and so in in childcare, early learning settings, that kind of play, that kind of that kind of creativity, that kind of engagement is is too often, I think, poo-pooed and shut down because... Especially if it's violent. Yeah, yes. because we, we as the adults, uh, I mean, we don't like the, the visuals of it. The optics of it make us uncomfortable. And, and so we try to pull the plug on that. And that drives that behavior underground and... It, it it extends the amount of time it goes on because the kids are sneaking around doing it and and making it taboo just makes it makes it even more scary and more confusing to the kids and so right. it it may sound counterintuitive in an environment where we we want to all be friends and all get along <laughs> um but allowing that kind of stuff to happen is is actually a good thing a developmentally friendly thing um, and and an opportunity for growth for the kids. Yeah, and it's tough because as adults we are scared of whatever the disaster is. You know, we have strong emotional reactions and don't know what to do ourselves or don't know what to tell our kids. So we're we're kind of feeling trapped and, and nervous when these things are these big big tough things are happening. But if we can um, summon up our our courage and our honesty. And just be forthright. Um, often the kids are going to be less scared because they don't have as much world experience as we do, and this is, you know, just brand new information for them. So for us, we we have a lot more um, knowledge, baggage, and hangups, and and we may have bigger emotions than the kids do, and that's okay. But it helps them to um, know that we are trusted adults, and when they have big, major, scary things enter their lives. That if we are in a habit of communicating on these tough topics, then hopefully they will come to us as a trusted adult when when um, life bites when they're a bit older. How, how Heather, when you as the adult wanting to do right by the children in these situations, how do you handle it when all you want to do is curl up in the corner? And uh, and close your eyes and hope it goes away. Um, well, it, it's going to depend how close it is to you. I mean, sometimes something's so bad and so close that maybe you're not the right person to handle it. Maybe you need to ask a trusted friend or a grandparent or somebody else to say, you know, Joey needs to know about this, mm-hmm. but I can't do it. And just if you can't do it, acknowledge that and and ask because a lot of people won't step in if it's your child or your your center or your something yeah um, they might feel that it's it's you're the boss and and they're not going to step in but um if you're not able to handle it and the child needs to know now not know a month from now or not next week 
then ask somebody that you think would be a good representative. Yeah, yeah. Anything else on this one we want to want to unfold? No, just uh, you know, it's it's big, it's tough, but it's not going to go away. Um, you know, different disasters and and tough topics are are going to happen throughout life. So um, you may not want them to show up, but they will show up periodically. And try to find your courage and 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 um, do your best. You you can't do it wrong um, if you just give it a try. Yeah, and and hey, listeners, uh, some some behind the podcast news. Uh, this came up on the uh, on the possible topic list. We try to start each recording session out with a list of possible topics, and and kind of our our first response was. Uh, maybe we should push that one back until until the new year or something. But then we decided, well, no, this is a real thing and and it's it's out there in the world, and so we're going to record on it now instead of instead of pushing it back. And so um, you'll you'll read the episode of the name, and if you don't want to listen to it for New Year's, <laughs> you don't have to. But um, uh, we, we take we, your dose of medicine <laughs> when you want to. Yeah, and have yeah. some eggnog with it. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you got a little bit of brandy in the eggnog when you listen or something. I don't know. Um, hey, listeners, we enjoy we enjoy you enjoying the show, um, and and appreciate you sharing it. So uh, um, if you you can write a review on iTunes, you can share it with a friend if you dig it. You can you can go online and 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 get one of Heather's books. It's okay to go up the slide, or it's okay not to share and. Uh, you can just uh, you know you know you could just go on uh, on the social media and say nice stuff about the show. Those are all ways you can short support the show and help the show grow. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.